and welcome back to the Some Sort of Miracle podcast. I'm Ed, and I'm here today with Paul. Hiya. And Lauren. Hello. So it's only three of us today, um, but we're going to do a, I guess it might be a little bit of a shorter episode, but we thought we've been in lockdown now for six months, and we did an episode right at the start of lockdown talking about our expectations of digital church and what that would look like. And we've had six months of experience with it now, and it maybe is played out in different ways than we expected. And we thought it might be a good thing just to recap and to kind of re-evaluate how how we found that and maybe reflect a little bit on the experience overall. So as an opening question, I guess it'd be good just to hear, how has your experience with online church been? What sort of thing have you been doing, Paul and Lauren? Um, I guess we're, we're both from the same church, so a lot of our experiences might be similar. Um, our church has been doing a live stream of a standard Sunday morning service, um, various prayer meetings and things like that, and reflections, Zoom meetings to catch up, things like that. We've also had Bible study via Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and a lot of like little catch-ups, but it's still really strange, even though it's six months. It feels crazy that it's six months. I've lost all track of time. Yeah, it has certainly flown, hasn't it? What about you, Lauren? I'm still finding it really strange. Um, I think... I've I've come to the conclusion that a massive part of my well most people's I guess but a massive part of my experience of church is the fellowship mm. um, and that's something that I've really craved and it's something that as a church we've had to work on because um, like Paul said we we started with kind of the standard Sunday morning meeting and the engagement with like the comments and things on Facebook and YouTube um, trying to get people involved with do, recording videos for things but Um, I kind of think people got a bit fatigued with that, a bit like the novelty wore off a little bit with engagement. Um, And it kind of came back to being the same group of people that were providing the support for the streams all the time, um, same people providing the content. Um, And I I saw a massive dip in the engagement levels in that respect. Um, But then I've just really craved hearing how people are getting on and, and yeah just knowing how their life's getting on and stuff um so I guess I'm still finding it really tricky yeah yeah I totally get that I think when you when you mentioned fellowship and how that feels so different and I just being together just that those sort of things just seem to have disappeared um Sunday for for me looks like uh, tuning into a live stream that uh, the church I, I'm linked up with does. And then um, we do like a Zoom uh, call after that to try and catch up. But I find Zoom calls now I've just become even more, uh, I guess, frustrated with, maybe tired of. Um, I find them really hard to focus in and keeping energy and enthusiasm because you you just don't get the same responses that you used to in person when you talk to someone in person you see their whole body language you kind of can bounce off the energy they give back to you but in a zoom call it just feels so flat um and with the delay in internet speed sometimes you see people reacting to what you've said long after you've said it and that doesn't help then when you're talking you you kind of need that visual feedback as well and it's just really hard to do over zoom yeah, I think you lose a bit of the sort of 
personal element of it as well because if there's 30 people in a zoom call that are all trying to catch up at the same time it's going to be one person goes and then the next and the next you can't flip between and have those nice little conversations like you would if all 30 people were in a room together you'd mingle and sort of flip between people and we do i miss that yeah absolutely so we've kind of touched on a couple of elements of things that we found really hard are there any things that have come out of this that you you really enjoy that you really think are good or that you'd like to hold on to I really like being able to sit and watch the meeting with a cup of tea and yep. a sausage sandwich on a Sunday morning. That's nice. Um, I find it, I think, maybe a little bit easier to concentrate in some ways. Like when someone's speaking for a while for me to be able to not feel bad about like fidgeting and stuff. Because I think sometimes when you sat in a room full of people who are all silent, you don't want to make a sound and you kind of, I end up, my mind wanders because I'm concentrating so much on not making a sound or do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's really interesting. I guess that that brings up other questions around the environments we, we create in church and how I guess accessible those are for people or are they beneficial in, um, in fostering spirits of community? Yeah, that, that is interesting. Isn't it? Lauren, is there anything that you've really enjoyed? Um, there's a couple of things. One of them is the flexibility of it. Yeah. Um, so I'm married to somebody that doesn't profess to have a faith, so he doesn't uh, engage with church. And the flexibility of being able to still engage in worship, but later on in the day, if that like kind of suits what, what we're doing, um, I've kind of found that quite useful. I've not felt the pressure between being torn between the two mm. of, oh, well, that, that job or that time with um my husband um it's important but I need to be at church because that's my only opportunity that week kind of thing um so I found that quite um helpful yeah I I totally agree that the flexibility that we find in online worship is is brilliant and I've really enjoyed um like with with our bible study so many people have um connected with it at different times that wouldn't usually or haven't been able to come um in person for a little while and um i think yeah it's certainly been less consistent with numbers week in week out but the people that have come quite often they're people that um wouldn't be able to get there in person and have linked in with it just because it's online um so it raises lots of questions about how we go forward and how um, in the future do we just go back to just physical and then say all all those people that joined during lockdown, actually this isn't for you anymore. Or do we try and keep parts of it online or it it makes life very difficult. (laughs) Uh, So we found that um, people have come to faith through the live stream um, and that, uh, people have, have connected really deeply with um, other church members. Um, like I know that um, there's one particular guy that has come to come back to faith through the live stream, um, and he now has regular Zoom calls with our church members, mm. and he's in contact with them and things. And it's it's created a fellowship. Mm. Um, and the thought of, but he lives quite far away, so the thought of him being disconnected, yeah, is just it's just not an option for us as a church because he's now a massive part of our church. Mm. Um, I know a, a couple of weeks ago he was on holiday um, and he'd not, 
obviously not been on the comments because he was watching it later on and quite a few people messaged and was like is everything okay with him and we were like yeah he's just stuck on with it <laughs> but it's like they, they, they knew that he wasn't there because he mm. is such a big part of that online community um and that's something that um I know our church leadership team are discussing quite a lot at the minute is how do we do this going forward while still meeting those frustrations and that um that feeling of longing that that we have for the the stuff that went before so yeah it's going to be a real challenge to to get the balance right Mm. and there is a real responsibility as well to those people and it yeah that especially for church leaders when they see those people start to see them as part of their congregation as part of their church family you can't just abandon them you can't just say actually we're not going to provide anything for you so it's yeah it's going to cause some real headaches <laughs> but I guess in in a way good headaches yeah and I think it, it also challenges us to think about well what does it look like for those people that have um because of mobility because of age because of disability um any of those things how they've be, become isolated from church and then what we've done as a church to to keep them involved mm. actually we, we need to work out where we've gone wrong and, and put those things right because actually like um obviously we're aware that not everybody um can access online for our church yeah. so we provide uh cds of the previous week's service as an audio format mm. um for for people to engage with with like song sheets and things like that um but actually three or four of those people that we provide them to haven't been able to access church, not just for the last six months, but they've not been able to access church for some of them for the last six years. Um, and now all of a sudden we will put the effort in to do it now. Yeah. So I think there's lots of positives that have come out of this where we've realized actually it, it's important to engage the whole, mm. the whole church community. Mm. And it's, it's kind of challenged the idea and we spoke about this I'm sure in the first episode we did about um, lockdown and church and it challenging the the building centrism or ev- the fact that everything has to be revolve around being involved like being in our buildings and that's just been thrown out the window completely hasn't it so we've had to think okay how can we be church how can we and I prefer that phrase be church rather than do church because that's what it is we we are we are being church together and how can we do that without um without having everything in a physical space in 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 our buildings so it yeah I think I hope that it's it continues to shape the way we think about church going into the future even if the answer to some of that is meeting back physically I hope that we don't lose that mindset of church being more than more than the buildings we find ourselves in. Yeah. So we, as we usually do, we are all bringing our questions this episode and Lauren has got the first proper question to kick us off. Um, so I feel like obviously we're in a massive time of waiting at the minute. It's kind of a, it's a funny time because places of worship have got permission to open. Um, but, it has to look very different um, and um, there's a lot of things that need to be done to make it work and some of those things don't sit comfortably with us and don't actually 
um, allow us to worship in the in the ways that we are used to. Um, and also there's a lot of challenges in terms of capacity and things like that. Um, so we're definitely in a period of waiting. And I just kind of wondered how people are kind of feeling about that. Like where, what kind of lessons do you think we're learning during this time of waiting? Um, how, how are people coping with this time of waiting? Mm. Um, yeah, just just thinking about that concept of waiting at the minute. It's something that's going around in my head a lot. Yeah, it's really interesting that um, we're talking about waiting, even though it's been six months now. And I think we said in the first episode that we did on this, um, we're kind of waiting for this to pass. And I don't think any of us expected to still be fairly, fairly well locked down six months later. Um, I certainly thought we'd be back to some form of normality, if not, if not completely back to normal by now. Um, that was definitely my hope at that point. Um, and I wonder how much we were hoping on just riding the storm and not actually doing anything about it and just hoping it would go away and then we can get back to normal. Um, and six months on, and like we're talking all the positives that have come out of it, I wonder if that was actually a bad mindset to be in from the off. Yeah, it's it certainly felt like we were in a place of just wait it out, just wait and then we'll be back to normal. And although we can't do anything now, or it seemed that we couldn't do anything then, uh, um, it would ju it would return to what we're used to, and we would get be able to get back to the way things have always been. And it's becoming quite clear now that that's that's not what it's going to look like. And so I think for me, the I have been in a place of waiting, I guess, over lockdown. And over the past few weeks, we thought we were at the end of it. Well, I I certainly did, and more and more restrictions were being lifted we were writing more and more risk assessments for things that we were going to reopen and we were getting really excited about all the all this program that we could bring back and all these ways that we could interact with people and they they looked different to what they were before but they were exciting and they were they were physical and they they seemed possible and then all of a sudden a bunch of new guidelines come out and they all go out the window i think we had got kind of uh five risk assessments approved the day before guidelines came out that made them all completely <laughs> pointless so that was a little bit heartbreaking and it put us back in this place of waiting but I wonder now whether like you said Paul that perhaps the phrase I guess passive waiting isn't what we need to be doing we can't be sat waiting and doing nothing there needs to be something there needs to be an active form of waiting and Perhaps that looks like being a bit more daring, being a bit more bold with the way we do digital stuff. Perhaps it means, um, I don't know, maybe spending that time that we have now that um, we didn't have before in really getting, getting deeper with my Bible reading or prayer life or um, personal discipleship. I don't know, but I certainly feel that I can't um, personally, I can't be as passive as I was with with the waiting um, before. But it's really hard to to take that that thing of being thrown back into a period of waiting when you thought you were just escaping it. Lauren, how how have you dealt with waiting, and what 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 have you learned from this period of waiting? Um, I think in my head, the the things that we were doing was like a temporary fix. It wasn't, um, which I worry meant that it wasn't quite as authentic as it could have been. Um, 
whereas now I feel like the decisions that I'm coming to from a personal point of view, from a professional point of view, um, is about what is it that God needs me to do today rather than what is it that he needs me to do long term, which isn't something that sits comfortably with me. Um, But I do feel like I'm being taught a lot about trust and um, focus and what I'm putting my um, energies into, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, I think it's a good time when, like we've said, we're we're kind of waiting for something to change to look at what it is we're doing and and to actually have time to reflect, not just keep trundling along, but busy because it's easy to get wrapped up in everything and not actually think about why and how we're doing things. And I think the time in lockdown, certainly for me, I've not, I've not worked for six months, um, apart from a couple of weeks here and there. Um, it's been a good opportunity for me to sort of think about what it is that I do, what it is that I've done. And if I've actually missed certain things and some of those things have come back, I, I don't I personally would definitely consider what if, if things go back to normal, whether or not I continue the way that they were before. Ed, I think you've got the next question for us. Yeah. So when we started talking about um, what episode we were going to do and what topics we were going to discuss today, I posted in the listener group uh, and just thought I'd hear some opinions from there. And um, I had a chat with Caroline, one of our listeners after that, and she made a bunch of suggestions which were brilliant. And I've written them down for future episodes just in case uh, we want to move on to them. But one of the things she spoke about was actually... um, the way that we do digital church now and that in a way it's slipping um, to something that we were slipping back to something that we were trying to deal with um, before lockdown, which was this idea of um, quite a consumerist version of church, I guess. And I'm putting words into her mouth. I'm totally rephrasing this. So please don't um, quote this as Caroline. This is totally my interpretation of what she said. But um, And this idea that church has become a sort of thing that you show up on a Sunday and you, you're delivered a product, you're delivered a sermon, and then you, you just take, listen to it, take it on, and then go. And that is something that physical churches have done a really good job recently of kind of dismantling um, and starting to get away from that and really kind of promoting this idea of fellowship and community and there are um, groups doing discipleship together and it has been moving more and more away from a consumerist way of doing church and because of the nature of digital stuff it's oh so easy to slip back into that very consumerist mentality and I think that that comes for a number of reasons Um, one is that the internet is set up to um, reward and encourage us to be content creators. We are rewarded with um, statistics like how many views have we got, how many downloads, how many um, likes or whatever. And we have given all these statistics to reward us for getting lots and lots of people to consume our content. And actually the whole the whole system is set up that that is the um, the measure of success is how many people have just clicked, how many people have watched, and actually the measures of success that we look for in ch- in church, where 
are, are much harder to measure. They're much, much harder to um, get any kind of statistics around. But how do you measure the depth of a relationship with someone? How do you measure the the time spent on a journey or um, what well, you can measure time, but you get what I mean. Um, those things are much harder to measure. So it's the que- I've drifted so far off the original question, but um, the point was, how do we avoid drifting into this content and consumer heavy model of church while doing online stuff rather than doing community really well, rather than doing fellowship and discipleship in a more authentic way? I think it's a really important point to consider. I think the um, the obvious barrier of being in a different room to you right now means that um, things things being online tend to be a bit more um, content heavy rather than uh, sort of more participation. And I think the more people you want to involve in that online, the harder it is. I'm sure quite a few of the listeners will uh, understand the having a Zoom conversation with more than about six or seven people can be difficult at times um, and really draining at times. And, uh, and that's, that's probably one of the easier methods of doing, doing church on, online. Um, so I think it's, I think maybe because we started with such a dramatic shift from normal everyday life to lockdown, it was quite, it was sort of a quick fix to go into this, sort of oh we'll just do what we did before but we'll just video it and send it out to people and that's quite a logical what can we do that's really quick and easy to to sort of start but you're right I think we do we do lack a bit of sort of interaction and and even where that's sort of encouraged I know we do um a quiz night on a every other Sunday night that has is is quite interaction based because it's a quiz but it's still content being delivered and brought to people for for them to listen to essentially Mm. Yeah, I think that there's a huge difference in that quiz, though, that it's content created for the purpose of engagement. And without the engagement, the content's nothing. Because yeah. it's great doing a quiz live on Facebook, but if no one engages with it, there's no point. Um, so I think that's a good example of how actually we can do we can do content, but community focused content. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense. In terms of fellowship, it's so, like you say, it's so difficult trying to have a Zoom conversation with more than six or seven people. And reflecting on how um, lockdown's been for me, I think some of the best fellowship or, I guess, friendship that I've experienced online is actually playing online games. Um, and Paul smiling at me because we met up fairly regularly at, towards the start of lockdown. <laughs> To more regularly than real life definitely yeah more regularly than real life yeah we we met online and we played games and just chatted um and I, I think there's something in that distraction and there's something in there being a point around the way you meet online that enables you to have wider conversations around it um so i wonder whether like I, i've heard stories of different church youth groups meeting up to play minecraft or meeting up to play different video games online and that works naturally really well for youth groups. But I wonder if there's other sorts of distractions that you could gather a fellowship round, like the pub quiz, like those sort of things that would be would be quite cool for churches to explore. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting point. And um, like like we've said about the Zoom calls, uh, the the standard way of interaction now. We're, we're doing it even yeah. to record this podcast. Um, 
but you'd never just meet in a room with 15 people even good friends to do nothing mm. and i think having the point behind it makes it so much easier to bring an authenticity to the to the conversation and to the to the, to the relationship building that's happening and I like video games, so that's, yes, that's a positive yeah. in there. This could I'll just push be that as far as I can. a long-winded way to justify our bad video game habits. <laughs> I think the the con- the conclusion we're kind of coming to is that content works if it has some sort of community or relationship focus. Hmm. Um, and I think it's it's got to be the attitude of both the, the the people that are putting the content out there so the, the church leaders the leadership team that kind of thing that it the purpose is to to keep building that community and keep building that fellowship um but that is such a responsibility to to be able to develop that content because i know just talking to our leaders the amount of planning and things that go into a live stream to to engage other people in it uh, can be really challenging um, especially when the attitudes of some of the church members can be that that they expect to be served through it. Um, but it's that normally you would just say, right, we're, go- we're going to do this quiz, but actually how do we make this quiz work online? How do we receive the answers in the correct way and that kind of thing? And um, I've been really inspired watching how church leaders have developed in their confidence to, to be able to produce that content. Um, because I know like from the leaders I've spoken to if you'd have told them that six months down the line this is the kind of thing they would be producing um, the kind of thing they would be using to to serve their people Mm. they would never have believed you (laughs) yeah every church leader has had to become a church planter in some senses (laughs) because they're Mm. they're having to totally shake up what they've known and move it to a new location and that's also been one of, I guess, some of the criticism you hear of uh, church online is that what we've done is we've taken what we did in person and we've tried to just do that online uh, rather than thinking, OK, we've got this opportunity with a whole new context, with a whole new place to be in. Um, what what works for that context and what can we grow organically there rather than trying to translate what we had to where we where we're at? But. I guess that, that that would lean into a conversation around, you know, if this is a future place for the church to be, if this is, and I believe it, it is in, in, I definitely never want to lose the physical, but I do believe the church needs to be in the digital as well. But what what does church life that is organically grown in, in digital soil look like? Um, because I don't think it looks perhaps like the... Um, copy and paste from the physical that we've seen um i i think that the longer it's got it we we leave there or we spend time it the longer we spend time in digital places the more it's going to adapt and grow and change and i think that's really exciting in some ways to see what what will church look like after it's been fully allowed to adapt to its context online yeah and i think it will be able to grow probably more effectively when people are back in a, a normal uh, sorry, I shouldn't say normal because we're saying this is the new normal now. Um, when people are back in a um, a more usual, um, back in what they're used to um, in the building, seeing each other face to face. And I think it's difficult because or it has been difficult in the last six months because we're trying to make up for that because that's what people are used to. 
Um, whereas digital, a digital expression of church should probably look different. But the people that we're kind of catering it for are people that, are, that, that aren't there for that necessarily. They, they also want what they had before. And that's a really difficult sort of balance because you don't want to lose people's interest because you can't offer that service. And we'll, we'll see, I guess, when physical church is back, we'll see those people that are really comfortable online coming to the fore in those communities. And they will be given more room, I guess, to, to influence what goes on. Or, or hopefully they'll be given the room there because there will be a natural congregation or community of Christians that say, actually, you know what, digital really works for us. Digital it has been really beneficial for our faith and for our um, for our relationships. So how about we take this seriously? How about we delve into it and really see what God's doing in, in online space? So Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how our congregations evolve. Um, who who wants to go back to normal who wants to bounce forward into new things and um how that how that changes the shape of church will be exciting to watch i think that's a really positive thing because i think it will add another dimension to church and a new set of people will be able to access it in a new and different way so i guess we've kind of already discussed what was going to be my question the final question um so i'll adapt it slightly um so if i were to say what one thing would you like to see come from the digital expressions of church going forward? What would be your answer to that? Mine would be um, that we continue to develop what community looks like online. Um, we've kind of already touched on it, but just that that we don't become content heavy, that we don't become... We do, where we develop a church that is just used to being served and not have to engage or participate or um, develop relationship in any way. Um, my hope would be that any digital space that the church has online um, creates authentic community um, and that we just keep working on, on what that looks like. I, I've been thinking about my answer and I feel like it's a bit of a cop-out, but is is it a cop out to say to see people drawn closer to Jesus? <laughs> um, but I, let me expand on that. Yes, Edward. Yeah, but that essentially, it's okay because if you say what, well, now I say why. Yes, and okay. that justifies it. Yeah, and the why is that if 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 our online church isn't doing that, what's the point? Point one. But also in in doing community well online, like Lauren was talking about. And in building those relationships, we need to see that translated into effective discipleship. We need to see that translated into people growing closer to God, growing clo- looking more like Jesus and living that out by being drawn closer into his mission in the world and living that out by being drawn closer into his mission online. Um, and yeah, I think we, we, I want to see the fruit of digital discipleship lived out um and i think it's so difficult at the moment because we've been in that place of waiting we've been in that placeholder church in a way but i do think that we've seen there's a huge opportunity online for us to do discipleship well and to do mission online well and i'm i'm excited to see the fruits of that and i believe they will happen they will come and yeah i believe god's got a plan for our online work and god's at work online before we even got there so um yeah that's what I'd like to see the church do. What would you like yeah, to think, see, Paul? 
I think mine kind of goes along with that in that I would like to see new expressions of church come from different online sources. I think like we've said, there's there's a lot of different things where people are trying new things all the time now. Now we're realizing that this is here to stay, that we've been stuck stuck online, if you like. Um, but I'd like to see that grow forwards and grow into different channels like we would kind of separate a normal mission in a church. I think there's a lot of space to adapt in a digital sense as well. So I think my one thing would be I'd like to see a Minecraft church, like you said, that would be excellent. Well, but they're out there. Bringing, bringing, well, yeah. Um, and I think bringing people in through channels that we wouldn't normally have thought of would be a great positive to take away from the COVID lockdown. If we can reach new people that we wouldn't have been able to reach before in a setting that they're comfortable and that they can access comfortably, that would be a massive takeaway. Well, I think we've reached the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. And we would love to hear what one thing you'd love to see the church adapt into or learn from this um, this lockdown. And, and please do share that with us in the listener group. If you're not in the listener group, uh, go on Facebook, type in SSOM listener group, and you'll find us there. And it's just a space that we hope to do community. We hope to build relationship and we hope to um, grow together as we ask these questions so yeah you'd be you'd be more than welcome um yeah okay so until next time goodbye